Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of The Fourth Man, and super excited for today's episode. We have one week under our belts. Got my guy, Jordan Daly from Daily Media, back with us today. Jordan, how you doing, man? Doing great. It's always fun coming back on here and talking about the victory, especially with the great start to the season we got. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, the start was, I mean, we know it's going to get better every year. That's You know, it's a startup league, so only better things to come. But like, opening weekend was like top tier, like, like double the double what they did, you know, the years prior. So super excited to get into this episode as well. I'm going to break down week one, kind of go through our pretenders and contenders, biggest surprises. And then we'll kind of get into week two with a interview on the back end from someone who hit a game winner from the week one. Before we get into all that, just want to make sure that if you're not already following the show, it's at fourth man pod on all social media. You can watch the show visually on YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod. And then for those of you listening on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel on Monday or Saturday, we appreciate you guys as always. Lots of good interviews mostly be putting up there sometimes because the shows run a little bit longer than the time we're allotted. But nonetheless, interview is probably the more exciting part of the show. We're just here to give you our, our recap and analysis based off, you know, what we've seen and being fans of the league for a long time and being in this community um, for a long time as well. So. Jordan, let's jump into it. I mean, you were actually at the games in Chicago. You got to see these games up close and personal. Give me your takeaway just for week one in general, like overall, what your thoughts were around it. A lot of people surprised me. I mean, it's tough with the big three when you get a lot of big names coming in and a lot of new names coming in. You don't know how they're going to adjust to the league because the big three is not the NBA. It's not normal basketball. It's a completely different game. It's a lot more physical. So you never really know how some of these guys are going to adjust and adapt to it. And almost everyone adjusted and adapted perfectly. Like Michael Beasley, for example, I was watching that game in the locker room with the ghost ballers and just their reactions every time this man was hitting a shot or like, like every time, especially that interview he had with Scal. <laughs> <I'm not. Confidence, laughs> like, I love it. I love it. Everyone, everyone's adjusting really well and it's making the league extremely fun to watch. I know I got some of my friends to watch it uh, for the first time this year. And I know I got them hooked on it as well. So it was a great opening week. I mean, you couldn't really ask for anything better in terms of the competition. Bro, that's so funny you say that. I've been doing the same thing with my friends. Like, have you seen the Michael Beasley Gerald <laughs> Green game? Like, have you seen the finish to Ghost Ballers? Like, pretty much had an overtime game already. Like, yeah, it was incredible. Like, I was the same way as, like, you were with the Ghost Ballers in terms of uh, Michael Beasley hitting his first seven shots. I was, like, giddy. And I was almost like, oh. Is this a bad thing for the league that he's coming in and dominating? But yeah, he you know, Gary Payton adjusted a little bit, made sure he was like, "Come on, it's like a physical league, get up bottom." Because you know, Bivouac is full of, of newer guys outside of Will Bynum. So yeah, I think once they realized, hey, we can be a little bit more physical, they did adjust. But man, he still looked really, really good. Um, yeah, Bivouac's one of those teams with a lot of new names on it too. So I think that that's just an adjustment game, and and you know, uh, that's another thing that I was going around behind the scenes of the big three is that Bivouac's a good team this year and not to sleep on them. So. They are a really good team. Um, I can't believe Corey Brewer got to the second round. Remember, we had him going number one overall, which yeah. Glenn Rice Jr. definitely made, you know, made it known that he is definitely the number one pick and worthy of it. But Corey Brewer probably should have been somewhere in that top five, just saying. Um, okay, let's start with the uh, – let's just start with the games in general. I want to start – like, we won't go too in-depth. Obviously, by this point, everyone's been able to at least probably digest them or at least watch them on YouTube to some extent. But I, I just want to kind of go through, like, the Saturday games first. Like, that was probably the best round of games that we've had maybe ever, but definitely for a week one opener. We saw triplets beat Trilogy, take down the, the champions. Obviously, saw the Threes Company and Bivouac game go down to the wire. And then, like I alluded to, we saw Ghost Ballers and the Three-Headed Monsters essentially go to overtime. Kevin Herp Murphy hits a ridiculous shot, uh, but Ghost Ballers prevails nonetheless. Which game, you know, were you most excited about, excited you the most, and – you know, out of those six teams, which one do you kind of have your eye on a little bit more um, heading into, you know, the rest of the season? Are we just talking about the Saturday games right now? Yeah, just the Saturday games. Just the Saturday games. 
Uh, trilogy. Uh, I think I think trilogy. They had a tough matchup week one. Um, you know, I think I think we need to just give them time to adjust a little bit. They lost their their number one guy in Jarrett Jack. That's kind of who the ball ran through last season. They they are the the comeback champions. They won last year. Uh, I think they just need some time to kind of adjust to that. They they add an asset in Earl Clark who was outstanding last year at Tri State. So I think we just need to give them a little bit of time. But people cannot be sleeping on them just because they lost week one. Yeah, they looked a lot different. I thought they were going to be a lot better. Actually, I thought they were going to beat triplets, but so did I. Yeah, Joe Johnson came out. He came out with a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of talking. He's usually like, you know, a little bit quieter. But he has he some competition kind of this year. Yeah, he has some competition this year. So he's got to step up, which he clearly did. So yeah, he's coming out the previous ago. I'll say that I'm most surprised out of those six teams about three headed monsters. I really thought they were going to take a huge step back because they lost Reggie Evans. Like we know how pivotal he is to their team. And even with, like, the game Jonathan Simmons had, like, very subpar game, you know, like, very average. He's probably their yep. biggest addition. But if last year told you anything, like, Kevin Murphy is the truth. He's the real deal. He carried that team all the way to the end, almost to a victory after they were down, what, like, 11, 13 points yeah. for most of the game. And, like, I, I'm just so impressed by, like, what Murphy brings to the table every time and, like, can't believe, like, he's still not on the team. And I'll tell you a behind the scenes story about Kevin Murphy too with Mike, you know, how, how energetic Mike is. And yeah, uh, I was watching the game from the sideline and Mike's one of those people that if, 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 if there's a dirty call or if there's like a, a dirty play, like he's going to let you know about it. And there was one where he got fouled pretty hard and, and, and I saw, I saw him bounce back up and run over and, and Kevin Murphy was on the ground too. And I see him get up and like, will stand over Kevin Murphy. I was like, something's about to go down. And he just helps <laughs> up Kevin Murphy. And I asked him about it later and he was like, Nah, Kevin Murphy's a dog. I respect him. He just Man. That was funny. That's amazing. There's another point in that game too where he accidentally like he runs into a screen, hits Kevin Murphy in the nose, and like just you saw a lot of respect from there too. Which yeah, you know, MT will call it as he sees it. And also, we're not talking enough about Mike Mike Taylor coming back. Obviously, a season-ending injury last year, but 18.6 rebounds looked like the Mike Taylor of old, if not better. So that was really encouraging to see for Ghost Ballers. They have a really good team as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay, let's talk about the Sunday games real quickly. Uh, these games weren't as good, but then two of the teams, you know, two of the games were blowouts, but two of those teams that got blown out didn't have their captain or their best player in Tri-State and, and Ball Hog. So, obviously, that doesn't tell the full story there. Any teams that you were, like, intrigued by or encouraged by, it's like, oh, yeah, like, because I feel like, I guess I should preface this first. I feel like the Saturday games were most of the teams that we probably could probably envision seeing in the top six for sure. Yep. The Sunday games, I feel like there's definitely some teams that we could see, but also too, a lot of those teams from last year didn't do so well, but any teams within there that really encouraged you from the Sunday games that you saw? Yeah, definitely. The, the team that stood out to me the most all weekend. And that's why I had to clarify on that last one is power. So I know they played against, um, Tri-State and they, and Tri-State didn't have Jason Richardson. Uh, but regardless, you got to give props to how power played. Um, you know, especially TJ Klein that he surprised. He surprised me the most out of anyone in, in the big three games this weekend. You know, I definitely doubted that pick and, you know, I've learned I will never again doubt Nancy Lieberman. Um, <laughs> ever again. No. And uh, no, he came out and dominated. He looked really, really good. Glenn, Glenn Rice looked really good. He was one of the names on my, my personal draft board that I had to kind of keep quiet a little bit. Um, I know some teams were looking at him later on, but no one really expected him to go number one overall, but he played outstanding too. And, and he just knows how to score. So power, power definitely scares me moving forward. I think they're a really good team and that surprised me losing Dusan. So. Yeah. hundred percent. It also surprised me because like Katina only had four points in the game, which I understand he's getting older, but he's looked really good in off season workouts. Yeah. But yeah, TJ Klein, like, there's a lot of times throughout the weekend where we saw guys uh, getting a rebound and it wouldn't hit the rim, like the ball would hit the rim, and they would just like take it outside of the three-point line. Yeah. They're still adjusting to the game. TJ Klein like made every hustle basket that you could, made every hustle play, and like you know him and Glenn Rice really won them won them that game. Like they had what 38 of the 50 points that they scored. Like it was pretty incredible to see them and almost maybe an overreaction, but like maybe Power won that draft. I don't know. Maybe that's early to say. But, yeah, it's um, tough. I think TJ Klein's not getting the respect he deserves yet. But I think if he keeps playing like he will, he's gonna gonna get it. Yeah, I was very intrigued the whole weekend, like or entering the weekend about this team, and I'm very encouraged by like what I saw. But that's aliens. 
and they were missing a player. Like to see how Carlos Lasamanas came in and like, you know, made the the transition into from FIBA to big three. And then right now he's actually playing FIBA ball over back in Europe. So like to like make that transition um, and make it look so easy and just like kind of the flow of the offense in addition to what they have with Deshaun Stevens, really impressed by that. Um, you know, Deshaun is who he, who he is. You know, he's just picking up from where he is last year. And I'm excited to see, you know, Thomas Ivasev join that team and see how, see how that team works. Like that's a really interesting team to me. I don't, I don't know. Like I think enemies did a good job adjusting later, but that that's a really tough team. And uh, I'm excited to see them like this weekend, you know, how it all pans out because you can tell that's just a very, very skilled, very expert, you know, expertise, uh, experienced team. Uh, that, Especially that plays with a lot three of three on three. three. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I was very impressed by them as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so really good week one game. Um, are you concerned at all by Tri-State and Ballhoffs? Like, did either of those teams, did you look at it and say, like, ooh, even if they had Leandro or even if they had Jason Richardson, like, they still like a team that might take a step back? that's tough. I really like Tri-State, but I think losing Earl Clark was major. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really do hope that they can bounce back. I really like Justin Detman's game. I like all of those guys. Um, It may be tough to bounce back a little bit losing Earl Clark. I think he was a great talent. So I think they're going to need to kind of lean heavily on some of those guys they drafted as well to kind of step up and, and, you know, make impacts right away. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I like the long summers a lot too, but they definitely need Jay Rich. It's going to be tough yeah. to see. Um, I think that'll tell a lot more. And I think they're playing um, Three's Company this week, so that's a tough, yeah. a tough like you know two week start potentially. But hey, you never know what could happen in this league for sure. Uh, last thing I'll add, and then we'll just kind of add, you know, well, I guess it kind of segues into so what we're discussing here. I was going to ask you kind of about your pretenders and your contenders, but I ultimately want to start with. Out of all the teams that are winless at the moment, any team that you look at and say, if I had to put a bet on any 0-1 team from week one, that team's going to make the playoffs. Mm. Kind of tough. Just like there, we're gonna there's, three teams, there's three teams that started winless that I could easily see in the playoffs, and that's that's Three-Headed Monsters, Trilogy, and Ball Hogs. I think they can all find a way to the playoffs. They're all pretty experienced. They, they, they know what it takes to get there. Um, and they were just tough losses. I mean, Trilogy lost yeah. by six to to ISO Joe. So, I mean, that's that's not crazy to think of. Three-headed monsters lost in a nail-biter of a game. They were still the first one to score 50 in that one. And then Ball Hodge was without, without their best player. So, yeah, uh, I think all three of those teams have a chance to, to make those playoffs. Um, I, I made a bold prediction last year that Bivak was the second-best team. This is when they still had everybody and they weren't falling yeah. apart uh, week by week. Even week one, they didn't really look that good. So, was, you know, my mistake, I, I made a huge error there. But I'd be really shocked if they didn't make the playoffs this year after that first performance. They ran into a, a really good team. But Bivlap's a really good team in itself. So, like, Gerald yeah. Green, there's a reason, like, he's an MVP contender out the gates. Like, he's that good. I think this team only gets better. I'm not really sure why Will Bynum didn't play as much. I don't know if it was, like, a Gary Payton didn't want him to or there's an injury. Like he suit, he suited up for him, right? Like he was there on the bench. He did, yeah. The whole game, but he yep. didn't play. I was very intrigued by that. Yeah, um, yeah. Bivouac, I can tell you from behind the scenes. I know a lot of the other teams are respecting them. I know a lot of the other teams respect the players and the talent on that team. So, uh, Bivouac's definitely not going to repeat of last season of going winless. Uh, that's definitely a team you got to keep on your radar for now. I think. Yeah, and they're playing enemies, so it should be an interesting matchup for sure. All right. That being said, um, give me your biggest overreaction from the first week here. Maybe you have a couple. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to pinpoint one. I don't, know, I don't even know if I'd call it an overreaction. I just killer threes are good, man. Killer threes <laughs> are really, really good, and they hit on all their draft picks. Um, and you know, another example of this, I was sitting with Mike watching that game on uh, I think it was Sunday, and. I mean, I can tell you now, I guess, that one of the players he really wanted to draft was Dominique Johnson. He was very, very high on Dominique Johnson. He's like, I've played with this guy. This guy can shoot. I like him a lot. We need to add him. And he kind of fell in the draft. And then we were watching this game and 
And every time Dominique would hit a shot, which happened a lot, Mike would just look at me and smile and I'd be like, all right, you call it that one. Uh, so killer threes, I think they hit on all their draft picks. KJ McDaniels too. Um, you know, they got their recurring three in, in Frank, Dante and Josh. Um, that, that, that's a team to watch out for. That's a very scary team. Yeah. That Dominic Johnson looked really good. Like he was like really heating up towards the end of that game. And just, yeah. I mean, he just ran away with it. Like that's an interesting team. If it's Dominique Johnson rather than like Jermaine or Darnell, like that's, that's pretty crazy to think about like that. That could have been a possibility because he, he looked really good. Um, yeah. Killer threes, obviously going to be a really good team, but like you said, they hit on all their draft picks. I think on my end, it's tough. It's because everything almost seems so obvious. Like, where in like years past, like maybe that's not the case right out, like right out of week one. There's like a couple things that like intrigue me, like to like I'm a little concerned about enemies once again, like being yeah. a, being a good team. Um, I think they have really good players. I just don't know if like their style is necessarily, you know, working for what they're trying to accomplish. Like it's it plays one on one ball. Yeah, I don't think they mesh well together as a team. Like, individually, they're all really good players. But, yeah, I, I don't know if, like, the chemistry is quite there. Yeah, it's – it's. I don't get it. Like, Isaiah Austin and Elijah Stewart are really good players. Like, Seth Henry looks like he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. But I feel like it's just a lot of, like, isolation ball. Who can get a basket for us this position? And then, like, defensively, like, started off really bad, looked really good at the end. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So – I would say that's probably – I'll give you, like, three overreactions here. I'm going to say, one, enemies it ends up being the worst team in the league this year. Okay. Two, I think Michael Beasley's the MVP. And I've been saying that even before Michael Beasley joined the league. Like, if he joined the league, I said he's going to be the MVP. So, I'm going to stick with that. I'm just yeah. – I think uh, got a little bit of a proof point there now after one week. And then my third thing, looking at the four teams that have never made the playoffs out of this 12-team league, it's ball hogs, aliens, enemies, and bivouac. I say two of the four are going to make the playoffs based off week that's, one. That's definitely doable, too. That's doable. I'm going to say, ooh, no, you know, no, I'll, I'll be bold here. You know, I think two of the four are going to make it. I'm going to say aliens and I'm going to say bivouac make the, make the playoffs this year. I'm going to say they both kind of squeak in. But those are probably my, you know, biggest overreaction from week one, hoping they stay true because. I feel like every team needs to experience the playoffs at least once to get that under our belts, you know, after five seasons in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious too, because like, like I said, and I, I say this on Twitter every, every year before the big three starts is that people need to follow you because you have the best grasp on this league. What is your take on triplets overall this season? Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're, they're going to be a playoff team still. And I think it's because of Joe, like Joe is that guy. But I said that when they added Jeremy Fargo, their offense just became that much more lethal. Like, it really did. Like, I think something that happened down the stretch last year when triplets was kind of falling off toward the end, you know, the last game of the year in the playoffs, it was like, I don't want to say Joe was necessarily figured out, but he didn't have enough help offensively. He had a lot of guys that couldn't necessarily create their own shots. You know, you had your Jamar and Moons. Allen Anderson to create their own shots better than I can, obviously, and like probably a lot better than a lot of basketball players. But like where they were at as a team, it almost seemed like they had figured them figured out that team at that point. Like that time with that that team had kind of run up. Yeah. So adding Jeremy Bargo, someone who's if you're Dublin Joe, you can kick it out to him. He's either gonna catch and score or he's gonna be able to make a play off the dribble. Goes a long way. And you know what else is really surprising? Like Ryan Hollins gets in a lot of foul trouble, but the amount of love or like how hot of a commodity he is throughout the league. Like I've heard so many teams be like, Oh yeah, I was going to get Ryan Hollins. I was going to get Ryan Hollins. It's insane. But I guess it makes sense in the sense that like, he might not be like a master of one, but he's a jack of all trades at everything. And, he, and he's big, right? He's like, he's a sizable guy. Yeah. So being able to like, just kind of throw up some lobs to him where like, I think Avery Johnson made the point on the broadcast, but being able to throw up some lobs to a tall guy where you couldn't necessarily do that with someone like Al Jefferson, I think goes a long way, especially for Joe, who's a really good facilitator as well as, well as a scorer. And then, yeah, Alonzo G, um, I think he's a, he's a nice ad for them too. So overall, what I'm saying, like, I think triplets is still going to be a top seed this year. Uh, 
it's do I think that they go all the way? I don't know. Like that's that's really hard to say. I think they're still a playoff team though. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I it's it's so it's so hard because like the teams are so good this year. Like I'm even thinking yeah. of like I was trying to put together a power ranking and I was like, putting a team in the bottom four seems unfair right now. Like every team was so good. And I wish every team was at full strength to be able to to see that. Like, yeah. A little bit better, but every team is really good. Like I think that we're going to have like another battle of like top eight teams and the bottom four teams that necessarily aren't in the hunt is more so just kind of a, a bad luck of the draw or mm. injuries occur or whatever the case might be. So perfect. That being said, let's look ahead to week two back in Chicago for the games. Uh, got a lot of exciting week two matchups. Two of the games will be on CBS. The rest will be on the zone buyer YouTube. So two games on Saturdays, a threes company, tri-state and then alien to triplets, I believe are the ones on C- CBS that start at 1 PM and then ball hogs and ghost ballers is on YouTube along with the rest of the games, which are on Sunday. Um, let's start with the Saturday games. Are there any games that you're most excited for or which game are you most excited for on Saturday and week two? Um, just because of Beasley, I'm gonna say three's company again. I want to see if he can if he can he can do that again. Uh, because what he showed in week one was just pure domination and and incredible. So I yeah. want to see that again. And obviously, of course, game three, Ghost Ballers, Ball Hogs. You already know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I knew that was kind of a good answer <laughs> there. But I'm surprised you said Beasley first. Okay. So you showed a little objectivity there. I think yeah. for me, I, I'm curious about the I'm still curious about aliens and going against a really good team in triplets. Like, how good is this team? Like I said, I think enemies might be one of the worst teams, but aliens did look really good. Um, I think Bullet has proven that he's one of the better shooters in this league. Yeah, uh, he's got one of his boys in there, and then he's got one of the most athletic bigs in there. And then they're, they're adding another one of Dusan's boys this week. So I'm curious to see how they stack up against a really good triplets team. And on the flip side, like triplets kind of being the powerhouse of the big three like how well do they stack up against all these three on three you know i don't want to say legends but you know the best at the sport of three on three overseas you know like how do they stack against them like i think that would be a really interesting matchup on sunday we have a lot of good games as well this big three website keeps changing to week one it wants me to stay in week one i want to go to week two So we got Power, Three-Headed Monsters, Trilogy, Killer Threes, and Bivouac and Enemies. Any game that you're you're kind of circling your your calendar for? I'm excited for Game 3, Killer Threes, Trilogy. I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm also excited for Game 1, which is Power, Three-Headed Monsters. I want to see if Power can um, kind of repeat that same momentum they have coming out of Week 1, I guess. I want to see how TJ Klein and Glenn Rice do against some, some bigger vets than Three-Headed Monsters. Um, I think those are both going to be great games. I also want to see, I'm just going to name all of them, I guess, game two in Bivouac. Uh, like I said, I think Bivouac is a team that is going to be serious this season, so I'm excited to see them kind of bounce back in week two. Dude, it's hard not to say all of them. Like, Yeah, there's only three, so it's like. Yeah, well, not only that, like the teams are just so good. Like, yeah. so, there's so much better. Like, obviously, like we knew the talent influx was here, but like I didn't know it would be like this level, like not at all. It's also tough coming after only one week because you don't know, like, okay, who's actually going to be keeping with that every week and who kind of just had, like, everything go their way in week one. So, obviously, as as a fan's perspective, we're hoping they're going to be putting that effort out and, and, you know, dominating like that every week because it makes the league better. So, that's kind of what I'm hoping for going into week two. Yeah, I wanted to try to name some contenders and pretenders, but like you said, it's a little tough after one week. I feel like you got to wait at week two, week three at least to, like, really dissect, like, okay, hey, like, this team is getting really lucky and they're winning or this team's getting unlucky yeah. and they're losing a lot. So yeah, I feel that as well. I'm pretty excited for all the games as well, obviously, but I think power and three headed monsters is an interesting matchup. You know, two of the historically, like two of the best teams in this league, like before last year, both those teams have made the playoffs every year. Um, they both had the same, well, for the most part, had the same coaches that have helped them get there. Um, regardless of the players, kind of have the same structure in terms of the, the type of players that they've had for multiple years. Um, and now they make a lot of changes to their teams. One team's looking to be 2-0, and and the other team's looking to be 0-2, and, and that 0-2 hole is pretty deadly, as we saw with Killing 3s last year, kind of getting stuck in that. So yeah. I think that's a game I got my eye on as well. 
And I mean, that same sentiment trilogy could be Owen too. That, that would be insane. But thinking about, which would be an interesting trend, which I'm kind of like keeping my eye on just a little bit as like a sidebar interest of trilogy. The first year they won it, they didn't lose a game. The second year they that the league had, they didn't do so well. So I wonder if that's like a, a trend, like kind of that pack. championship hangover, you know? Yeah. But it should be interesting to see. Uh, cool. Last thing I want to ask is outside of, uh, I guess, which player, which player really stuck out to you? Like which one outside of like TJ Klein? Cause I know that you said that that one really shocked you, but like, was there yeah. any player that like came in like other than TJ Klein that kind of shocked you um, in terms of how their game was or like impressed you or intrigued you? Like kind of just a little bit of everything that you're like, I'm going to keep my eye on them regardless of which game I'm watching. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to call me biased here, but I swear I'm not. Uh, Jermaine Taylor. That's a good one, though. Really, really good. Uh, I don't think he's getting enough credit this week. Um, I think his ability to come in off the bench and, you know, be able to give Mike Taylor a breather, let Ricky Davis sit for a while, like that's something they didn't have in the past few seasons. So I think that's really major now that Ghostballers have solidified a strong bench. And it's, it's interesting how they can kind of, be able to tweak their starting lineup each week because of that. Um, so I think adding Jermaine Taylor and even Darnell Jackson, like I think, I think they really did something this season by kind of solidifying their bench. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Cause JT is someone that was really coming on as a player in this league and then had the injury and for him to come in, make some big shots off the bench and have some interesting lineups. Like I think that makes ghost followers a really dangerous team. Yeah. I think I already mentioned earlier, I'm pretty impressed by Corey Brewer, what he did. Can't believe he went. 18th or 19th overall in the second round. Like, I think he is just, he really showed out. Like, we'll think he's still in like NBA shape and excited to see how that big my team ends up being. Like they, they went to, it was like him, Gerald Green and Jeff Ayers, like most of the game. I feel like toward the end, like they had yeah. like Diagu play a little bit at the beginning and start and then have Will Bynum play. So I'm interested to see like how that team like shakes up and, and goes about the rosters. And also interested to see too, like, I think it's like after three weeks, but like which team makes a move first, you know, like which team is like willing to go into the deep ass, like the deep ass draft pool and like reach for someone and try to grab somebody before it's too late. Like kind of going through my Instagram feed yesterday, yeah. I came across Ty, Ty Lawson. I'm like, oh yeah, he's not playing because he didn't get drafted. Like, that's, yeah. That's nuts, but he could, you know. Draft pool is still loaded, man. I, I, we've had this conversation before, but they can make a whole expansion team, which is guys that were undrafted. And I think they'd be competitive at that too. Yeah, hundred percent. So, should be another exciting week for week two. That's all I have on uh, this this half of the episode, Jordan. I appreciate you joining me on today's episode. Of course. Before uh, we jump off today and get or jump off here and get to the interview with TJ Klein, who's today's guest that we have on the show today. Anything you want to plug here? Anything that you got going on? Where can people find what you're doing work wise for the big three? Yeah, right now it's uh, at Daily Media LLC on Instagram. I rep a few of the uh, players in the big three, so I kind of help them with you know a bunch of stuff. So check that out. And then as well as the Underdogs podcast with Ghostballers' own Mike Taylor and Craig Smith, who is ready to go in that draft pool for anyone that does feel like they need to add someone. He's been staying ready. Um, and that's available on all platforms as well. Dope. Yeah, you should definitely check out that podcast. A lot of really good guests on there, including a lot of big three guests. So definitely should check that out if you haven't already. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to this half of the episode. And let's get to our interview with TJ Klein. Today, we're excited to welcome on another pro hooper with a ton of overseas experience, a ton of experience in general. Um, recently played in the G League for the Capital City Go-Go. He's one of the newest member of Power, TJ Klein. Thanks again for joining the show and uh, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, bro. I've... Uh... Seen the podcast for a little bit, and uh, I'm a fan, so I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Really appreciate it, especially you as now a player, but um, even before then would have been much appreciated because I've seen you on the sidelines uh, alongside your mom. But let me just start here. Like, i got to say, like, what a debut. First off, congrats on being drafted and then on the win as well. Like, Power looks like a contender, you know, one of the front runners of the playoffs once again. I mean, how are you feeling just after a couple of days just to be able to digest and everything? and knowing that your teams want to know? Uh, I mean, it's cool. Um, 
it's a little strange. It's different than I'm used to, uh, like playing overseas or playing in the G League. You're only playing two or three games a week, or at least minimum of two. And uh, so you kind of have to focus on the next team rather quick. But like you said, you get some time to digest the game and uh, kind of look back and watch film. And obviously it's a shorter game, so you can watch film, you know, watch <laughs> stuff a lot more and more um, and really get a feel for how the game went. And I thought, you know, as a team, we really we, we went to our strengths. Uh, Glenn's a great one on one player and we let him do his thing. And he was as advertised. And uh, Royce was obviously just kind of the X factor in rebounding, assists, kind of drawing double teams with the size. Um, and that allowed me to have some open shots. And, you know, Kat and, uh, and Nick did their thing, too. So I think we're in the right um, the right direction. But it definitely felt good to get the, the first one under my belt. Like, everybody always says it's so physical, you know, just this. It's different playing three on three. And it's you don't really, you know, you can't really uh, get a grasp so you played and uh, to get that first game and for it to go really well, it was uh, it was a blessing. And now we just got to build on it. You got to you got a week to, to work on what you uh, you know, what we kind of need to tune up for the next game. Yeah, no doubt. Couldn't have said it better myself. And like, yeah, just like watching this league for a long time, like one, like one of the best opening weekends I've ever seen in this league. Obviously, that's expected with the league to get better and better as a young league. But like two, like just like I know scouts will do this, but just your comfortability in the game was very easily like recognizable from our end, like a, a spectator's view. Like you just look very comfortable and like we're able to like adjust to the the rules and the play style. But um, definitely want to touch on that. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about your career pre Big Three and even just like um, since your you know since your mom now coach or you know I don't I don't know how what you call her mom coach whatever the case may be. <laughs> but uh, you know since she's even joined the league, um, I want to talk just a little like recently, you know, you've had a nice career overseas and spent a lot of time in Israel. Um, is there something that you, you enjoy like about playing over there, like on the court or off the court, specifically Israel um, that draws you back to like playing in leagues over there? Um, I mean, Israel has been home away from home since I've been overseas. I went there halfway through my first year and spent the next two years there, went to Italy and then you know, came back and, uh, you know, I have I have my Israeli passport, so I played for the national team out there. Um, I played for a lot of the you know top clubs in Israel, so I just have a a great feel, and and it's very Americanized the culture. It's very you know I have a lot of friends out there, some family, and I don't know. It's just a home away from home. So I've gotten a chance over the last two years to explore some different places outside, uh, like Italy and Spain. But yeah, something always brings you back to Israel and uh, it's just the beaches and the people and the culture and there's nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, Italy and Spain is pretty cool too. Um, I'm actually going to Italy in a couple of weeks. So I'm pretty stoked. I've never been there, but I lived in Spain for a little bit and uh, that's a nice little spot too, but I've never been to Israel, so I can't compare. But um, yeah, it sounds like just like you've really been able to make a home over there. And for like a lot of guys that come on here and that are a part of the big three now, have over overseas experience and sometimes it's hard to find a home. So that's cool that you've been able to do that um, within the country of Israel. And then most recently you played with the capital city, Gogo. It's a little bit of a broader question, you know, but I kind of just want to see where your mind goes first. What do you feel like were the biggest takeaways, you know, playing in the G league and I guess the second half of kind of your season, cause you were already playing overseas prior to that, but like, what were some of your biggest takeaways, you know, after the G league season finished? Um, just for me, it was just uh, the, you know, takeaways are always for me just experience and the experience to get to play against guys that are that athletic. That probably was the the highest level of athleticism of the EuroLeague, but it's like the highest level of athleticism that I've faced um, as not playing in the NBA. Just guys are freak athletes. They're, you're playing first round draft picks every night because they're sent down or second round guys or this, that, the third. And, I don't know. That that probably was the biggest adjustment and learning how to use your fakes and, and kind of play on a bigger court, which obviously has to translate to the big three. Um sure. you know, with the three point line spaced out. When it's spaced out, it's it's a huge difference. So I think learning how to adjust because overseas is uh is a little bit closer and and there's no uh defensive three seconds. So that lane is pretty uh is pretty clogged overseas. So in the G League, just learning how to play, you know, two nine, having to get out of the paint, get back, different ball screen. It's just, a, it's a, it's a kind of a different game. So it kind of 
I think even just, you know, polished me even more um, with a different style of basketball that, that I was used to in college. And when I went overseas, it was a different, uh, a different game, but I, that was what I take away. Just the athleticism and, and just the spacing. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Like, I think it's been good for you, especially now if you play in another league where you're adjusting to the rules and the leagues, like you'll just be able to kind of be audible ready to, to be on the fly, regardless of what the rules and adjustments are. But uh, yeah, really cool to see like, you know, where your career is at now, you know, since coming from college and now you're playing in the big three, like <laughs> it's funny. Cause like most of the time, the question I always want to ask is how'd you hear about the big three? Uh, you know, how'd you hear about the opportunity? Like no need to ask you that question, but you're kind of already involved in this league in a sense because you were uh, essentially kind of a scout uh, for power. Um, she mentioned last year that, you know, like one thing I asked was like, you know, I don't know if I asked her this last year. She came on the show maybe a couple of years ago, but I know that somewhere she had mentioned that her recommendation on drafting guys like Dusan and, and Joe were based off, you know, kind of your experience playing overseas. And I know Joe plays a lot in Israel. Uh, <laughs> You know, what are those conversations like in terms of like uh, leading up to the draft? Like, is she asking a lot of your input on certain guys in, in the draft pool? Or is it more so like, hey, you should tell this guy to join the draft pool and draft him because dude's got game. He'd help out your team. Uh, I think it's more so like, so for example, this year. Well, so last year I knew Joe. I played with Joe. My, he played for my mom in the G League when I was in high school. So we worked okay. out together in high school and stuff like that. And then my first team in Israel, he was on that first year. And so he kind of took me under his wing. And then again, my third year, the COVID year, he was also on the team and he, he joined us. So okay. I spent a lot of time with Joe and I've hung out with him a lot. And uh, that's like, you know, a big brother for me. So, you know, I obviously recommended him to my mom last year and, and we kind of just talk about ideas and different guys. And she, if she hears a name, she shoots it over to me. I let her know what I think. And um, I think this year with the whole like Glenn thing, it was, yeah. I had played with Glenn in Israel, uh, actually on that team with Joe, my rookie year. And so oh, that's a nice team. team. It was crazy. <laughs> it was a really good team. We actually won the cup and it was an insane team. So Glenn was on that team with us and uh, he was just so good. And so I was, when I knew that she was thinking about drafting or taking me and like we talked about playing, um, I don't know, Glenn's name just got brought up and it was just like a no brainer. Like he's so good. He, I mean, I was he saw the first game. He's just yeah, incredibly talented. He plays with a, it almost looks like he's playing so free that it's, you know, it could be reckless, but at the same time, it, you know, it just works. So it's really, uh, it's a blessing to have him and it's good to be back playing with him. Yeah, he's got some ridiculous highlights in his time playing over Israel on YouTube. Like, just kind of yeah. watching some of his highlights before the season started. But, like, like you said, it like, just kind of playing, like, just, I don't know, a, a risky may be the right term. I mean, sometimes, like, there was one play, like, where he got a rebound and just kind of dribbled around a little bit, decided to take it behind a three-point line, turn around, just shot it. And you're like, you know, traditionally, you probably wouldn't take that shot. But for him, it's just, like, it made sense. And it, it went yeah. in, you know, so that's. That's pretty crazy. Um, and obviously your recommendations have been good. I mean, like, like Dusan, obviously the captain now was really good. I don't know if you necessarily recommended him or. Um, oh, that, that was her, that was her doing right there. Okay. Okay. That was pretty bold of her too. Cause like historically, like a lot of bigs go in the first round, but she was just kind of like, nah, I'm going to take who I want to take who the team. Yeah. Is. I mean, she definitely has a tendency to, to shoot outside the box, but I mean, at the same point, it's like when you logically think about it, like, why wouldn't she take him? He's like one of the best round three players in the world. Yeah, no, like that's the, that's the weird part because like the, the year prior, and maybe everyone knew, but like he was drafted. It was just like in the third round. And I don't know if everyone knew like FIBA sanctions were upon him. But yeah, I mean, like obviously it made sense. And then like Joe was really good in his, his four games before he got hurt. But, you know, kind of a, a new power team, you um, along with Glenn and Nicholas, or three new additions to the team, but why Why did you decide to play this year? I mean, I know the age limit recently lowered to 22, uh, maybe like last year, maybe even the year prior, but what made you decide to play this year? Um, I think it's just something that me and my mom, I don't know, we, we, we've talked about it in like a joking way before, mm -hmm. and I guess I just felt like, I don't know, I, I got to play against this season was my first year playing in the G League and getting to play against like NBA experienced NBA guys. 
yeah. NBA level guys. And to get that experience and to play on the court and to adjust to the, you know, to the three point line. I mean, that's a huge bro. Like that's that's a it's a further way further shot than I'm receiving. <laughs> so just to adjust and I don't know. It just felt like the right time. Um, you know, I think with with guys that she might have wanted uh, this year not being available, I think it was a not like a alternative type, but I think it was just more of a reason to do that. And I, you know, it worked out well in the first game. And I think that, you know, I think that at this point, I like I understood how the big three was played, and I had seen it enough that I felt like there's stuff that guys aren't doing that I feel like I could help her and and uh, just help power win. So I feel like it'd be a cool story. Yeah, and, and it's just like what it's not a chance to play in another like unbelievable league run by Ice Cube, and you get all you get to play against these NBA guys. Like it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, you would think that, but sometimes it doesn't always feel like that. Like I try to like people that are like, I'm trying to get into watch the league. It's just like I'm like trying to show them highlights from this weekend. It's like, why why would you not watch this? But you know, sometimes other people you gotta like knock on the head a couple more times for them to actually get it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, like um, unbelievable like first game and and uh you know, I, I feel like within the community, uh maybe more so like some fans or like spectators but i even feel like maybe like rumble throughout the league there was a lot of questions of like oh he only got drafted because his mom's a coach there and like he's in maybe for like a rude awakening or what's to come against some of these other guys but like obviously we saw what you were able to to do in the first game and assert yourself but like did you know does that bother you at all or do you feel like you you kind of walked into the league knowing you you would need to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder or you know you know how do you feel walking into week one well, I mean, like, obviously I knew there were going to be rumblings of that too, but at the same point, it's like, in my mind, I mean, I've played against a lot of these younger dudes that they brought in the league, like Deshaun Stevens, Stacey Davis. I play with Glenn Rice, Zach Henry. I put like, these are guys that I'll have respect for, respect for like mad respect for as mm-hmm. basketball players, but I, I'm right there with like, you know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. we've played overseas, man, like we got, we both we both are really talented. We're all really talented. Like there's no pack, you know what I mean? So I yeah. feel like if they're in the league too, like <laughs> maybe you know what I mean? Like it's uh-huh. I don't know. It's just that that was kind of my thought process, like of that, because that's just all you can base it off of guys that you played. I said they're gonna do well in the league, so I think I'm gonna do well in the league. So and that's just like my thought on it. And uh I don't know. I, I guess I really don't like. I don't know. I don't really worry about stuff. I just go out and play. I think that my game is really uh, like instinctual. And I think that my instincts are the best part of my game. And I think that in big three, even more than five on five, your instincts show up because like big three or five on five, you're running up and down. You have time to think. Time to, what are you going to do here? In the big three, it's like you step on the court and you're right. Like the first play I got in, I inbounded it to Royce. And I stepped on the court and I was kind of like waiting to see, you know, what are we going to call? What are, and Royce is like, ball screen. And it was just like the, you know what I mean? Like the first thing. Yeah. It was just like, you got to step in and be like ready to make a move, ready to make a down screen, an action, something. And I think that I do best when I'm playing that way um, because of the speed, because of the, just the decisiveness. And so I think that that, uh, that plays in and I don't know, it helped me in game one. Yeah. And you make an interesting point there too. It's like, it's like people might not necessarily be familiar with your name, but like they're also not necessarily familiar with like maybe like a Stacey Davis or a Seth Henry, but would right. make those same criticisms because they don't have a family member that might be coaching in the league. I think a lot of people say the same thing about um, Adam Dressler, you know, like being the commissioner's son, but he just helped in. He did his part and, and helped his team win, you know, get a win over the, the enemy. So it's just like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's uh, and plus also it's like, I don't really I mean. With all yeah. due respect, I don't really care what. No, I feel that. <laughs> judging on, you know what I'm saying? Judging no, no, league. I definitely feel it's that. Like they, uh, it's like, it's a different game. It's a different, um, I don't know, until you get in between the lines, I think that does a lot of the talking, and, and so it's cool. But it's like, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's like we're all competing out there, and it's it's just cool to play against, you know, these NBA legends, um, guys that you look up to on the TV. But, you know, I'm 27. I'm at the, you know, not the – you know, hopefully not the peak of my game, but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting there, and uh, I definitely feel like I can hang with anybody. Yeah, no doubt, and you and you definitely proved that. And like, you know, I, I told you this before, but like, you're just like, 
your just feel for the, the not even just the three on three game, but like fireball three in general was very well uh, known. Like as soon as you stepped on the court, just some of the things you're doing, like you're chasing, chasing rebounds off like a, shooting like a three pointer. Like I don't think everyone necessarily does that. Like maybe their first reaction to like take a back step sometimes. Right. Uh, like in transition, just just like different things like that. Like uh, it was very well like noticeable and, and just feel like we I think at least from my perspective and some of the people I speak with, you know, about the league, you know, we all knew that you probably have like really high IQ, high IQ being the son of a coach. Uh, but do you feel like having that high IQ and just like you said, being instinctual, instinctual is like one of the like better parts about your game or, you know, when you're playing out there? Yeah. I mean, I've always said like passing is the best part of my game, but I think that like passing is tied into instincts and being able to, yeah. you know, you know, assume, you know what I mean? Just kind of predict when the next guy is coming, where they're going to be, da 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 da. Like, I had a first pass where they doubled Glenn, they blitzed Glenn, they threw over the top to me. I caught it with one hand, and like, I knew Duan was coming over. And like, instinctually, like, you didn't have time to think and be like, oh, yeah. But it's just so, yeah, I think that's, that's the best part of my game. I've always said that, just my instincts. Maybe that is from, you know, growing up around a coach. Um, I think it's just a lot of, a lot of it is, you know, at Richmond, my coach, Coach Mooney, uh, we ran the Princeton, and that's just like read and react and just instinctual playing and just make the next play, make the next play, and the next action, next action. And uh, I think that really is just like I built on it and kind of understood the game. And I think once you understand it, it becomes a lot easier. Man, I mean, that's like a really good trade, obviously, to have. Like I said, that like it's just crazy to see how well you adjusted to the game like multiple times throughout the weekend. Not like I'm one of those guys that's like going back and watching all these games just to, you know, just to rewatch them kind of like you, not for scouting purposes or anything, but just to right. rewatch because I'm excited about the league coming back. And like there's multiple times like dudes will catch a rebound after a missed shot and it doesn't hit the rim. And it's just like they're running out with it because that's like, you know, what they're thinking. Uh, that's just how they're used to playing. But for you to like come in and like take advantage of that, like a big, big reason, in my opinion, why you guys won. Um, obviously, you also have the game winner for sure. But uh yeah, like, want to talk a little bit about your team in general. Like, you kind of touched on it at the top, but uh, just, like, a, a little bit of a different look power team, like, um, in a good way. Like, you guys got a little bit younger. Um, I think you guys are a little bit more set up if their injuries do come at play, which, unfortunately, like, this power squad has, like, dealt with that 20 or last year and then 2019 as well. Um, we're able to fight through it in 2019, not necessarily last year. But, like, what, you know, what do you think about – the team overall, you mentioned Glenn being ridiculous, which by the way, I've seen your highlights too. Your highlights are pretty, pretty up there as well. So like a couple of you guys got some, like some crazy highlights on that team, but just like the additions of like, of Nicolos and like, you know, the rest of your squad, what do you think of this group and, and how the, the chemistry and fit is so far? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, no, I mean, I think that it's just, uh, it is different, different squad. I think that even though like, I don't know, like, Power's always been a physical team, and even Katino was saying that. And though, even though we aren't necessarily huge, like we're all tall, we're all, you know, I mean, pretty big, yeah. six, seven, and above. But in the past, Kat, y'all had like, that's uh, big. Yeah. In the past, y'all had like Birdman and Big Baby, like, right. The two big lineup and stuff, which was really successful. So, yeah, I feel that. Right. So it's like now, I think it's even more so like Glenn, even though he's not big, he's big into the post up game. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, like, you saw it last game. Like, he's just so good at, like, getting people off balance, getting to his float, get to his floater. And he's just – I mean, he's really unguardable. And so to have a guy like him, I think that it just changes. It allows – when you have a scorer like him, it allows everybody to kind of focus on him. And that allows me to get open shots. That allows, right, that allows Royce to catch the ball with his man in help. And when his man's in help and Royce catches the ball, that means Royce is coming downhill. And Royce is downhill. That's a scary sight. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah. it allows him, instead of guys meeting him and kind of riding the whole way to the basket, he can get downhill, he can get to his layups, he can kind of do what he does. Um, and I think if I just keep making those little hustle plays, that that's kind of the, you know, an X factor for us because Glenn's going to be consistent. And then, you know, Cat is just a veteran. Like Cat, even though, you know, down the stretch, I think it was me, Royce, and Glenn a lot of the time, um, Cat is really like a coach in a player like all in one. And so yeah. he's telling us um, what we need to prepare for in practice. He's telling us, 
just everything that we need to uh, to be aware of for the big three. He's, he's you know a vet who's played in the league for so long, and um, you know he's done a great job of leading us. So I think like that's and you know an invaluable role um, for him, or you know just so it's just so crucial to have for us. Yeah, um, to have an un, a veteran because like the three of me, Glenn and Nick, didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah, <laughs> like what we had no idea in the locker room. So Royce, Royce is Royce, and he's a staple, and Royce is awesome. We all love Royce, but I think that like Cat being that leader is is uh, is big for us, and us all having such respect for him. And then Nick's just a he's a versatile big man who can finish like he did last game. <clears throat> he can shoot the ball. I mean, he'll have games run hit four threes like. Guys don't want to step out and guard big men like that. Yeah. So I think he's going to really be uh, be crucial for us. So I think that we, you know, I think that we have really, really guys who are very opposite that kind of make a perfect three-on-three team. And yeah. I don't know if that's what my mom envisioned, but it kind of kind of worked out that way. Yeah, no doubt. Like, just a lot of, like, high IQ players, honestly. Like, a lot of really good facilitators on the team and just know what to, you know, you have to – the leaders like Cat and Royce to kind of guide you guys in the right light. And then you guys got a guy who's in the isolation game, like just just nuts. Like he's he's gonna be able to beat anybody one on one. Like I didn't recently know this, but he's like he's was like the first regional winner in Tracy McGrady's new league in that one on one yeah. league. Yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, he's a legend. I'm yeah. you, best player I've ever played. <laughs> For sure. Like I'm excited to see how he continues to uh, to develop in this league, just like kind of make his mark. There's a lot of a lot of really good players in this league, obviously, as you've as you seen this weekend. Um, want to quickly uh, talk about your coach, your mom. I mean, obviously, she's a legend. She's played a lot of trails, been a pioneer within the sport. But I kind of want to take it back to, like, 2018, where she continued to do so, you know, being the first woman to coach a men's professional team, uh, going on to not only win coach of the year, but win a championship that year as well with, uh, you know, Corey Maggetti and, and Kat and Quinn Richardson, all those guys. Um, kind of as her son, like, what can you say about just like her career and, and, and kind of that moment, honestly, of just like after winning the championship and realizing that, yeah, she's added something, another thing to her resume. Um, I mean, you know, my mom's had a long storied career and, you know, I'm so proud of her for what she's done. Um, I just think that, you know, just there's been so much change that's happened, um, that, through her 60 years that it's like it's a completely different game day like everything in life and for her to evolve and adapt and stick with the times and just be consistent and, and be consistent i think more so just to the game in whatever capacity it can be as far as playing coaching um managing helping scouting so i think that it's when you talk about just like another Another accomplishment on the, you know, I mean, it's a huge one, as I know it's one of her most favorite of her career. Um, but I, I think that it's just a tribute to just her hard work. Like, I check my email right now, I'll have the entire scouting report for Three Headed Monster already, like done, like full, full page stuff on what they do, what they did last time. And then, like, we have an app we can go on and watch the plays and all this. So it's, it's cool. It's cool mm, that, yeah. uh, that she cares as much and she wants to, she's invested and she's invested at us. And we came out here for a training camp, like, a, you know, a one day, stay the night, watch the finals together, bond, practice, fly together to the, to the game, practice two days before, two times before the game. It's really, really, you know, I mean, I think it was very professional and structured. So credit to her um, for that. And it's been, it's been really cool getting to play for her and, and and not just see it from a uh, you know kind of her son's standpoint, but see it from a, a player's standpoint. So it's a it's a different kind of thing, and it's really a cool kind of moment to see. Yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm just like thinking about how cool that is. I'm not trying to express myself too much because that's like really dope. You know, I think for the evolution of this league, right? Like I think like she's really all the time. We talk about how power has like. The, the best culture like they've really set the standards and the and the bar high like along with her and Catino and even Corey like being there like I think they did a good job of like setting that bar high and setting a strong culture and kind of allowing you know like we're going to take this really seriously we're going to have scouting reports prepare and be be ready for anybody and everybody uh weekend you know weekend in and weekend out 
And I feel like a lot of like what people are doing today and like kind of like kind of taking on and implementing some of those things within their own teams is a lot of like because of what she kind of brought in into this league alongside, you know, the rest of those captains and stuff. So that's like really dope to hear. And like, I don't know, that's got to be a really cool, you know, feeling for not only you, but like the rest of the team as well. Just like, I don't know. I It's kind of hard for me to put like words or words can't really explain. Oh, I feel you. No, it's, how it's it, cool. It's, it's just like unmatched like that. It is. That culture. It's really, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's something beyond words, honestly. It's just a feeling that it's, uh, I don't know the thing everything kind of lines up you know what i mean and it's just like her passion and her family and uh, i know she's really happy about it i know that uh i don't know I, I think it's it's something that we've talked about for a while i know that she's had it and i know that you know she's believed in me long enough i think it was more so me just ready to meet that expectation and ready to to jump in because this is you know this is my off season right so it's yeah, like yeah. my off season right <laughs> so i'll go back and play starting up in in september again next year yeah. And so right after the season ends. So it's just to make this, and I think it's, that's why I did it. Cause it is such a special moment and special thing. And, and I don't know if there's going to ever be a son to play for his mom again. And that's in a professional league. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, shit, she, she was probably thinking too, like, I'm willing to do anything to get back to the playoffs. I mean, that was the first year that they missed last year. And I think a lot of that was more of a just missing key pieces like for the second straight year, like time in and time out. And just like even being able to put yourself in a, you know, being able to put yourself in a position to even compete again, you know, for the playoffs, despite all the injuries, just like speaks to, it's like a testament to all the preparation she does, you know, regardless yeah. of who's going to be suiting up week in and week out. So that's, that's really cool. I don't know. I really like, maybe I just like fanboy over the league too much, but I, I really think this league is here to stay. And it's really cool to people like hear stories about, people taking it seriously, even though, you know, you know, they already are, but like even more specifics and just see, you know, how, like just see other teams be like kind of taking that in as well and, and doing all that. So. Yeah. Uh, what it was, what it is now. Yeah. hundred percent. A couple more questions. So you guys recently just got the win over Tri-State um, one by 15 points. Again, congrats on that big win. Now you'll want to know, but like you said, you got to get ready for the next game against three headed monsters. Um, a team that came back after facing a little bit of a deficit and lost in kind of a stunner or in like the big three overtime, essentially. Uh, I guess kind of let's, let's start there. I mean, like three-headed monsters looks a little weird without Reggie Evans, <laughs> uh, right. probably the best big man in, in this league. But like, what do you feel like this team needs to do or take away from last game and needs to apply to this game in order for you guys to continue to, you know, stay undefeated? Um, I think the ball movement was really good last game. <clears throat> Whether I mean that's the scary part is we all have such great passers, like we're literally yeah. one through five or elite passers. Like mm-hmm. Royce, like I think led his team and maybe the big twelve in assists as a big man. Glenn averaged eight assists a game after I've been in the like I'm great passer, Catino, you know, Nick too. So it's like we all have a great feel for it. So if we can keep being unselfish and just share the ball. And uh, keep building a feel because unfortunately it's not like we're meeting up and scrimmaging. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like those games are our only times that we really get to play play together. And so I think that uh, I think it's just got to keep keep watching film and just building off what what our plays are and our. And I think as we watch film and our spend more time together, we can talk about hey, I like the slip, hey, I like the flare, hey, I like going downhill, hey, I like this. And so just just keep hammering in our culture and, and kind of uh, what our strengths are. Um, yeah. And I think we'll be fine. I just, I don't know. I think that the key is to not overthink it and just play because you only have 14 seconds. So if you try to overthink it, then you're, you maybe you mess up when you're sitting in eight seconds. Now you have to go to the top of the key and you're, and it's just, it's no good. Yeah. Um, that's from prone to air balls, prone to turnovers, stuff like that. So I think the key is, is just, like I said, we're all, when you're a smart passer, that means that you have good instincts for the game. Um, all these guys have good instincts. So I think if, if we just keep sticking to that and just not overthinking things, and I think that's where we're going to really succeed. Yeah, 100%. No, I'm, I'm excited to look forward to that matchup. And, like, I was just thinking, I'm thinking, like, you guys are all great passers. Like, it's crazy to think, like, Royce a couple years ago, like, almost had a triple-double in a game that goes to 50. Like, I think he was one assist off. And that's just, really? Yeah. 
Um, I, think, I think it was against like Ghost Ballers or something, but he had like 11, 10, and nine or something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. So, I mean, and then all you guys like adding in like your your facilitating abilities, like that's that's a crazy team, like really is. Um, uh, yeah. Last thing I think I want to ask is just, you know, what do you think about the league in general? Like after the opening weekend, like I don't know if you have time to kind of like look at. I mean, I don't know if you got to watch some of the games while you were there or go back and watch some of the highlights, but the league looks ridiculous. Like, the talent level is absurd right now. Like, what, what are your thoughts on this league? And are there any games, like, you have circled on your calendar and, like, oh, it's going to be a fun team to play? Um. So, to start, uh, no, I think the talent level is crazy. Like, me, me obviously, have a different – it's different than me being, like, a different one of these uh, rookies because – Maybe a Seth Henry or, and I don't know this, Deshaun Stevens or maybe this guy or that guy hasn't watched the big three before, right? This is yeah. kind of the first year with it. So it's like, for me, having seen it and seen a talent level, like it's crazy to see maybe not the big time names are there that you would say, like a AI, like they had one year, you know what I'm saying? They had Corey McGetty, da, da, da. but like younger guys who like Dusan is an elite, you know what I mean? Like one of the best in the world at three on three. And, uh, you know, you got Isaiah Austin, who's a seven-foot guard, who's been a legend in Dallas since I can remember. So it's just the tech, you said, the talent level, um, there's at least one for, you know, for every team that's like, uh, okay, we got to circle this guy. And I think that, uh, I think that, and, for, and the second part of the, of the question is, no, I have not circled anything on my calendar about who we're playing. I'm just worried about the first game. All I can think about was the first game and playing. And the, I mean, each game, it's like it's like football. It's like you ask the Cowboys. I'm sure it's like it's such a dogfight every week that it's you can't look ahead because it's a game to 50. It's not like it's a best of seven series where it's like, okay, the best team will probably win. It's like if you don't shoot well, you turn it over a few times, you're down 10. Now they have control of the game, and and that's that. So it's, yeah. it's no, I'm, I'm very much focused on three-headed monsters and, that's all I got time for. That's all Coach nah, Will Ballas to focus on. <laughs> nah, that's smart. That's good on her end. Um, uh, and one thing I wanted to add, like, everyone talks about the physicality of this league. Was that felt in that first week? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more physical than, uh, like, regular basketball because it's, like, it's three-on-three. Three, there's not as much up and down, you know. For like, sure. when you're in a when you're in a, in a, a smaller environment, it's easier to – hit around yeah, like close like quarters that. and stuff yeah yeah for sure yeah so i definitely i definitely felt that um yeah i think that I'll, i think that i'll feel it more as time goes on i think that they were they were a perimeter oriented team a little bit too and like i played against dewan like you saw like his one dribble pull up is is disgusting like yeah it's every time <laughs> just cash 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 it's awesome so it's like garland green's a good shooter so i think that their strengths are shooting. So I think that the physicality and stuff will kind of uh, come when we get a different style of team. Like when I face a, a Royce, we don't have the one in the league, but a Royce White type or a, you know, more of a bruiser. <laughs> yeah. um, but I definitely uh, I definitely saw it in the other games. And I, I felt it a little bit uh, down low banging with Larry Sanders. But yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, expecting it, uh, I'm expecting a standard monster. Yeah. And uh... – you know, obviously you want to you want to face the team at their best, but like glad that Reggie Evans is probably not part of the equation. Uh, at that, least yeah, that this year. wouldn't be ideal. Nah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's a big all. dude. That's a, a that's a physical guy for sure. Yeah, well, uh, this year. yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm excited to see like how your team finishes. You know, continues on in the season. Like I said, it looks like you're one of the the favorites right now. Contenders. The team looks really good. Um, so best of luck the rest of the year. Appreciate the the time today. Last thing I want to do is be able to like open up the floor to you, um, where people can you know follow you at, or do you have anything going on in terms of like nonprofit foundation, upcoming event, anything that you want to kind of plug here? I just want to give you the opportunity opportunity to do so. Yeah, no. So I mean, obviously, I'll have this on my social media too. Uh, my social media is TJ Fine Six on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, we just opened up a, uh, and this is the TJ Klein basketball Academy down in Prosper. Uh, we teamed up with company APEC. Um, we've, we've worked with, worked out for their PT is second to none. Um, we have some really good guys, some, 
you know, former big three guys, Corey Jefferson's up there. Uh, we just have, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of pros, um, especially, you know, there's a lot of football guys that run up there on the, on the other side. And so I think that, uh, that's just something we're building. Go check it out. It's on my uh, Instagram, but the Nancy and Matija Klein Basketball Academy, we're just trying to have a, help the kids have a, have a court out in Prosper. There's not a lot of places out there. That's a gym that they can train and get better. And, uh, That'll lead up to our basketball camps in uh, in the summer. So, just all that information will be on on my Instagram. But yeah, that's that, if I had to give a plug, we're really excited about that. So, to give that a, give that a check out if you're in Dallas. Yeah, no doubt. That sounds really cool. Yeah, um, definitely. To our listeners, make sure you check that out if you are in Dallas. And TJ, I just want to say again, appreciate the time. Um, best of luck the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, we'll see how the the season caps off. But thanks for your time again. Awesome. Thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work. We appreciate all the uh, the coverage and the stuff that you do for uh, for the big three. It's it's not unnoticed. Man, I appreciate it. All right, my man. All Be right. good. Yeah, you, you as well. Talk to you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.